Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. SHN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. We're going to pop the rewind button right now and go to our year-by-year look of history of American football as it takes us to the 1932 professional football season. We dive into the top teams of the NFL that year and the very unique and new way that a champion was determined. All this and more coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to all things great in football history. And welcome to another edition of the Football History Rewind, as we love to go back year by year through football history, covering the college and professional games of football and its evolution to get us up to today. Well, today we're going to talk about the NFL season of 1932, which was so pivotal that it really didn't seem like it was going to come off that way. We'll get to that in just a moment but first let's make sure you're aware of our newsletter it comes out each and every day from the pig pen and it it covers all the sports history for that particular day all of our new posts that are coming out from pigskin dispatch uh, from jersey dispatch our new podcasts and birthdays of hall of famers for those days and great events uh, of both days from you know, all sports, Jersey Dispatch covering more of the hockey, baseball, and basketball side of things. Pigskin Dispatch, of course, covering the football side. You get it all in one nice, neat newsletter. It's easy. It's free. You can cancel at any time. So easy to sign up for. Go to the show notes of this podcast or the top of pigskindispatch.com or jerseydispatch.com to sign up today. Now let's talk about the 1932 NFL seasons. Now, for many reasons, the start of the 1932 National Football League season may have been a low point for the NFL and its history. The Great Depression was in full swing, affecting the revenue of member franchises and also the dwindling ticket sales that was mainly due to this, as many people, the average person, could barely scratch enough coin together to, to eat, let alone attend a football game for some entertainment. The economic trickle effect caused financial pain for the National Football League with great loss of income in conjunction with its franchises and its patrons. And remember, professional football was nowhere near the popularity that collegiate football was. College football was king, still to that point. So the league dropped to its lowest level of participating teams ever 
when only eight franchises took the field under the National Football League banner that year. This low amount of only eight teams occurred only one other time in the league's history, and that was during World War II in 1943. Now, the financial woes had meant the demise of major and recently competitive teams, such as the Providence Steamroller, gone. Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, gone. The Cleveland Indians would belly up. They're gone. Softening some of this retraction of teams was the addition of one franchise, the Boston Braves, owned by George Preston Marshall. We know that that team would go on to become the Boston Redskins and eventually the Washington Redskins, Washington football team, Washington commanders that we know today. So despite all of these setbacks early on, the season was highly successful as three teams vied for the National Football League title that season. The Green Bay Packers, Portsmouth Spartans, and the Chicago Bears. Green Bay finished with a great record, 10-3. It was an excellent campaign by all accounts, except that the Spartans and Bears had only one loss and had a higher winning percentage and virtually tied for the best record in the league for 1932. That's how the league determined its champion, is whoever had the best percentage, winning percentage amongst NFL teams. And this is the first time you had two come into a virtual tie. So the Bears and the Spartans, you know, they first looked at their head-to-head meetings, and they met twice that year in a regular season. But uncannily, these teams were evenly matched. They both games, both at Portsmouth and at Chicago, ended up in ties in the head-to-head competition. So it was hard to figure out who had the advantage over the other. Now, after some alleged backroom meetings with the NFL hierarchy, uh, the NFL brass decided that a final game to determine a champ would be played in a unique Chicago game at Wrigley Field on December 18, 1932. The title was supposed to be given to the team with the best record, as it had been for over a decade in the young NFL, but that tie changed everything, and it was going to change everything going forward as well. So it's believed that George Hallis challenged the Spartans after talking to the NFL brass to play that game to settle the tie. They wanted no part of any co-champion baloney. And thus, we had the first National Football League Championship. The postseason game in the NFL history had some massive twists and turns to make it quite a remarkable story, even besides the fact that the game was going to be played to determine an NFL champion for the first time in history. The odd occurrence was that the Spartans star Earl Dutch Clark could not play in the game because he had to work. Well, that might sound crazy to us today. Professional players of that era did not make enough money to make a living at playing football. Most had to take off-season jobs to make ends meet, and even superstars like Dutch Clark, who had to work as the head basketball coach at the Colorado College, and his hoops team had a game that day, December 18th. Quite a commute from Colorado to Chicago, especially back in 1932. The Dutch couldn't even get off work to make the football game in Chicago. He was the head coach. He had to be there. The second crazy thing that happened was a freak late fall blizzard in Chicago. The game had to be moved inside Chicago Stadium because Wrigley was so covered with deep snow and frozen with dangerous sub-zero temperatures that they couldn't possibly play on a game, let alone try to get fans in the stands. No way to prepare for that. 
So the playing field had to be modified to play inside Chicago Stadium. So the game was played on a field that was only 80 yards long and some 30 yards narrower than the regular width the teams have played on all season outdoors. Now the last item surrounding this game happened on a contest only touchdown. Bronco Nagurski threw a scoring jump pass to Red Grange, but the Spartans argued that Nagurski did not meet the requirement of a legal forward pass which in those days had a rule of being five yards or more behind the line when it was thrown. The play stood, though, and the Bears won the NFL title by the score of 9 to nothing. Now We've got a great newspaper headline from the Sheboygan Press on December 19, 1932, describing that 9 to nothing game, and uh, quite a, a great thing on pigskindispatch.com to check out. So when all the smoke cleared from the controversial ending, the controversial game, we had a few things happen. The National Football League had in essence its first championship game. It also was the first time an NFL title game would be played indoors. So actually, an indoor game was played in the NFL before an outdoor National Football League championship was played. Kind of interesting. Now, the final standings after that game were the Chicago Bears had a 7-1-6 record. Green Bay Packers were second, 10-3-1, and the Portsmouth Spartans were 6-2-4. Now, that's going by percentage points. I don't think you could put the Packers ahead of the Spartans. After all, you know, you don't have the loser of the Super Bowl being uh, going behind the team that um, can't finished with a better record than them that didn't make the Super Bowl. So probably the Spartans should be in second. Boston Braves followed by the New York Giants, Brooklyn Dodgers, Chicago Cardinals, and the Staten Island Stapletons held up the rear. Now, there was some great interest in this NFL impromptu championship game that occurred in 1932, and it led to a title game being scheduled each year going forward and announced the birth of the National Football League postseason. The competitive nature of this historic 1932 season, uh, having three teams vying for a championship and all the interest it gained, but along with some local new laws that uh, changed, provided some interest from other c- cities gaining franchises in the league for 1933 season. So it might have changed and it might have uh, revived the National Football League that was had its worst year. It looked like it was horrible before the 1932 season. They were going to gain some teams, and they had gained some interest from having a, a postseason. And things were about to change in the National Football League. We're going to learn more about that in a couple weeks on Football History Rewind Part Number 73, the 1933 NFL season. And you're going to say, well, where's Part Number 72? Well, that'll be the 1933 college season. I'd like to keep going in order there. And we have some other special items. You know, the results and the standings and uh, statistics of the year. Now, the Chicago Bears led in just about every category. Passing offense, total offense, kicking uh, most points. Uh, They were the top dogs in it. Green Bay was in second in most of those categories. And except rushing offense, the Staten Island Stapletons had 490 yards rushing. Uh, and with the 148.3 yards per game on the ground. Now, we just discussed that and said that Staten Island was not a very good record. As a matter of fact, they had the worst record in the National Football League, but they had the most rushing yards per game. One would think that's opposite of today. Uh, if you have a great rushing uh, offense, that means you're controlling the ball and you're winning some ball games. Back then, not so much. Uh, so kind of a flip-flop 
on that. And some the passing leaders of the 1932 season are interesting. Hall of Famer Arnie Arbor of uh, Green Bay led the league with 639 total yards of passing. Sounds kind of maybe a, a two games for today, but they played you know 10, 12 games. Walt Homer was in second. He was the Chicago Cardinals, second with most yardage in the National Football League. Jack McBride, who played on two different teams that season, he was the third-place quarterback. Keith Moleswell of the Chicago Bears was in fourth. And Benny Friedman of the Brooklyn Dodgers in fourth. Dutch Clark, well, he held up number six with the Portland Spartans that year in passing. Now, we had other statistics as well. Uh, the rushing of the, the year, which was a big statistic. Cliff Battles of Boston. He was uh, the Boston Braves, the number one rusher with uh, 576 total yards, 3.9 average. Dutch Clark in second with uh, 3.4 yards per gain. He was a Hall of Famer. Doug Wyckoff was in third. Jack Grissom of Brooklyn. Um, Doug played. Play, Doug Wyckoff, who we just mentioned, stat, played for Staten Island. Jack Grossman for Brooklyn. Uh, Bronco Nagurski of the Chicago Bears was in fifth to round out the top five of rushing leaders for the 1932 season. So 1932, very interesting indeed, and uh, a great year that really set some precedents and set the league uh, as we go through this modernization era of football. It really started becoming modernized when you have some postseason play in pro football. And We'll talk about that more like we discussed, and uh, we'll talk about a lot more football history in the coming days as we have some exciting things to bring to you with some great guests as well as some some great stuff over on the Jersey Dispatch podcast as well and uh, the website, and we have some great stuff coming on. So till tomorrow, everybody, have a great Gridiron Day. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. 
Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.